You're listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Well, good morning, Real Life family. How's everyone doing? Yeah. Doing great. We're talking about love, right? We have Christmas Eve service right around the corner. You guys are ready to go. Everybody's got all their gifts already purchased and everything's done. You're running to the Amazon deadline right now, looking out there, seeing those guys working so hard. Love on them as well. So my name is Josh Gray. I'm the lead servant here at Real Life. Honored to be, be uh, here with you guys. Honored to be allowed to be the lead servant at this church. Um, we have, uh, we're running through the, the final uh, stage of our four-week Advent sermon series. And so uh, if you guys would remember, we'll go down memory lane really quick here. We start out with hope. And JT preached a great message on hope. Really transparent. It was shared more about his life and about uh, going through uh, uh, miscarriages. It's all online there. And, and the hope that he was looking for and, and the hope that it, he and his wife needed as they were going through that difficult time. And so uh, if you missed that message, that was an awesome message. It's online as well. And then we got to talk about peace um, and what does that look like and to be peacemakers this holiday season, that, that uh, p- the peacemakers are the, children, are the children who will inherit the kingdom of heaven is a peacemaker. And so we talked, we challenged each other. I challenged you guys. I was already challenged uh, to be peacemakers uh, in, our, in this time, in this holiday season. And so, um, and then uh, we talked about joy. Darby talked about joy and what does it look like for, for joy. And then today we're landing on this easy topic called love. It's in the Bible a few times. Uh, as you may be aware. And so um, I've titled this message, What's Love Got to Do With It? <laughs> so this is going to require a little audience participation, which is always a giant risk here. Um, but when you think about the word love, uh, it's been like, in, and you think, look at like the, the uh, book of Psalms, and it's about, there's tons of things about love there. And it seems like it's just continued on even from thousands and thousands of years ago that people still want to sing about it. And so I'm going to go down memory lane, and I'm going to need help from all generations because I are not a singer. Um, but let's see what we can think, see from love and see how it ties in to this. Think about how love is described. So let's go to 1962. All right, there's a guy named Bobby Vinton, and this was a, a, a number one song. He said, roses are red, my love, violets are blue. So apparently, uh, you know, uh, rose, uh, love can be somebody's, right? Um, we had uh, the Supremes from 1964. Baby love, baby loved. This is, that is not audience participation. This is pastoral embarrassment, and I'm doing it to myself. Uh, how about this? Any Top Gun fans in here? So Top Gun was in 1986. This song was actually from 1965. Uh, they're in the bar, and uh, they're singing the song, and they said, You've lost that... like the best audience participation we've ever had, right? You've lost that love and feeling. Apparently, love can just be a feeling, right? Um, we have the Beatles from 1964. She loves you. Man, isn't it so hard to memorize the text? I mean, we're talking about songs from like the 1960s that we know, right? Okay. Um, okay. How about this? Any disco era folks in here? Anybody like have some awesome bell bottoms that they wore and they could just, if we had some pictures, it'd just be so sweet. Just be like, yeah, how about this? You know that love uh, can have depth to it. How about the Bee Gees? How deep is your love? Right? I won't try to sing that one. That'd be good. Um, how about 1980s? We had this, uh, this thing from Queen called, apparently love can be a crazy little thing called love, right? Love can be crazy. Lionel Richie, Diana Ross, endless love. Uh, 
If I'm a, if I, if you've ever, I'm, if I'm working with you and, and I keep reaching out to you and you don't call me back, this is a voice message you very likely could get from me. And so I'll call up somebody. I've done it before to guys in here. I'll be like, hey, I just called to say I love you. And I'll sing the whole song and I get a call back pretty quickly. <laughs> I mean, they're like, please don't do that again. I, I did not feel your love. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, we have Stevie Wonder, we have The Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston. Apparently Huey Lewis and the News were super strong Christians because they talk about the power of love. Right? Uh, power of love. Apparently it's something you could fall in, so it's deep, it's also something you can fall in. 1993, the year I graduated, UB40, I can't help falling in love. Um... Apparently, it's something that we're seeking to figure out what it is because Foreigner would say, I want to know what... <laughs> you have a bunch of rockers in here. This is fun. All right. Um, it must have been love. Apparently, it can have been something by Roxette in 1990. Again, Whitney Houston, she's going to always love us. Taylor Swift, love story. Tim McGraw, it's your love. I know I didn't go into country. I love country. I could have done the whole thing in country, but I didn't. Um, so let me ask you. What's love got to do with it? What does it have to do with it? Everything. It's everything. And there's lots of words and descriptions for love, and, and, and we've been trying to understand this for, for forever. And so where does love start? Um, it starts with the realization that you have a creator, father, heaven, and earth who loves you. It starts there. Let's see this when we talk about the greatest gift. Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9, it was mentioned in the, uh, in the uh, Bible uh, project, but these are the commands and decrees uh, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all of his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy a long life. If the creator of heaven and earth ends, ends this, this thing here, says, uh, that, that I want you to enjoy a long life, wouldn't that just be like, bing, bing, like, oh, you would probably know how I can enjoy a long life, right? And so, here, Israel, here, Josh Gray, here, real life. Listen, listen to this, and be careful to obey, so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Your father has great things for you. He wants you to enjoy a long life. He wants, he sees these things that, that could be for you. What is, okay, I'm ready. I'm like, I'm geared up. I'm ready to go. What is it? What is it, Father? Hey, Josh, here, Josh, here, real life. Here are you sitting in your seat. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. It's hard to love God when I put a bunch of things in front of him. When I put, when he's not number one in my life, uh, my love for him is, is, is not very deep. Here's what I want you to do, Josh. Here's what I want you to do in real life. Here's what I want you to do, your name sitting in your seat. I want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your strength. Just that, just those things. 
So let's see, what are we missing there? If it's just your heart, your soul, and your strength, is there anything left, left that you need to love God with? It's everything. Everything about you. Your mind, how you, how you feel, and, and you should love him by how you serve him. These commands that I give uh, you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Show them how, to, how you love me. Let them observe how well you love me. Oh, why, why do you want us to do that, God? I thought they needed the new iPhone uh, 11 Pro triple camera. Gold. That would show them how much uh, that you love them, right? No? No. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the roads and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. If I came to your house and walked past it today, what would I know about you and, and your love for God? I say that with unfortunate conviction of myself and my own house. You would know that I love the Air Force, apparently, because I have an Air Force thing that flies around there. You would know that I was forced to put up Christmas lights in November on a very windy day. Um, you, what else would you know? Uh, but I don't, you know, I, don't, I don't know that you would be like, yep, that guy loves Jesus right there. I could totally tell by looking at his house. I don't know that you would know that. So what does this look like? What does love got to do with it? This greatest gift that we talk about. I find that it's very impossible for you to love well this way if you don't love well this way. And I know that I've seen it in my own life. The, the, the more wrecked I am in this relationship, the more wrecked I am in this relationship with my kids, with my wife, my coworkers. Um... So wouldn't it make sense that that's like this is the pressing relationship to get right? Because out of that is a, a love that is overflowing with milk and honey, a land that is overflowing uh, out of your heart. And so I would just echo what we said before, that it is impossible to love people well if you don't love God well. You don't understand that as well. God uh, models to us some more about his kind of love. In Jeremiah 31, 1 through 3, he says, At that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they will be my people. We're God's people. This is what the Lord says, The people who survive the sword will find favor in the wilderness. I will come to give rest to Israel. The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. Is that not the love that most of us are seeking? This everlasting love? And we talked about hope. Talked about hope for for understanding, hope to be seen, hope to be heard, hope to be loved. JT talked about the people that saw him and his wife and they came alongside them and sat with them and loved them. We talked about peace what am I running around for? Why am I fighting crowds and, and trying to get my last order in on Amazon and doing all these things? And, and we made, we planned, our, my wife planned our entire meals around what my kids like and don't like. We had shrimp and chicken fettuccine last night. 
you know, uh, we had all these cool stuff and they're making these treats and she's making all of these treats and, and she took the day off, well, she'll be here for church, but she took the day off because she wanted to make her kids breakfast because all the chicks are in the house, right? Because she wants them to know that she loves them. We talk about uh, joy and we talk about this eternal joy and, and, and an everlasting joy. And really what I, where I find that is, is, is you would find that in unconditional love, this thing called unconditional love, that you would love me even when I blow it. That you would love me when you see all of my mistakes. This ahava love is, is the love that lays next to somebody when they have cancer. When it's not convenient, when it's not romantic, when I don't look as good as I used to look. I don't want to be discarded. You know, understanding unconditional love. Let me show you the picture of unconditional love. Are you guys ready? Because that's what we seek. Here it is. That's, that is the only thing that I know on this earth that can love unconditionally. Her name is Sadie. I'm not pointing to me because that's, that's false. Her name is Sadie. So let me tell you about Sadie. Sadie loves our entire family unconditionally. When my kids came home that she hadn't seen in a long time, she's like, hey, you're here. I'm just, wow, this is the greatest thing ever. She's super excited to see us all the time. Like if I was ever that excited to see my wife as consistently as she's excited to see my wife, I bet you my life would be different. <laughs> she's pretty jacked up and excited. And let me tell you about her unconditional love. Um, she will let the entire world know, no matter what time it is, if one of our family members is home and somebody accidentally dropped a penny out of their pocket two blocks away, she will let everybody know that there is danger nearby. And the loudest form possible. And it doesn't matter if it's two o'clock in the morning, three like I'm trying to come into the twelve I'm working out click. Like just jumping in Sadie! Sadie! Because she has unconditional love to protect her family. Now, if nobody's there and you came to my house, you could have whatever you want. She'll just hide. <laughs> she'll just hide. She'll just, she'll just be like, don't see me. And so Sadie um, has unconditional love because I don't treat Sadie well all the time. I get tired of her barking when a car drives somewhere near our house within several hundred miles, feels like, at 12 o'clock. <laughs> So we've tried all of the barking tricks you know of, and I know that we have vets and different folks that can teach us, but I'll tell you what we tried so far. We've tried the bark collar. Carrie terrified some gals that came over from her Bible study once because Sadie was, we were trying it out on her, and Sadie was working her way right through that. They're like, what are you doing to your dog? She's so cute. What's wrong with her? Like, oh, she's just barking. She does it all. She's just pushing her way right through it. So we took off the bark collar. And then like, somebody's like, we read, what you do is you get a can of rocks and you put them inside of a, uh, of a, uh, of a uh, can, and every time they bark, you just throw it right next to them. It'll scare them and they'll stop barking. So all I was doing is picking up a can that kept, I kept throwing near my dog, and she's like, bah, 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 boom, blocked. I'm like, that didn't work. So now we have this air spray, compressed air spray you clean off your computer screen with, right? And so now we'll spray her with that. And she... 
she's like kind of like licking her face and then she's like, well, something just hit me, daddy. And she'll come up and snuggle with me after I just disciplined her and sprayed her. What was it? Hold me. Unconditional love. Even when I don't treat her well or she irritates me, she still loves me. I was going to title this message Love Like a Dog, but uh, they wouldn't let me. So, so I went with Tina Turner's What's Love Got to Do With It? Really upgraded that. When you think about unconditional love, that's what we're all desiring. We're desiring to be known. We're desiring to be cared for. We're looking for this greatest gift called love. This crazy little thing called love. Right? So let me ask you again. What's love got to do with it? What does love have to do with it in your life? Some more text here. And Ephesians 4, 1 through 2 says, as a prisoner for the Lord, Paul is writing this, and he says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient and bearing with one another and love. Yeah. Romans uh, 13, 8 says, owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. I want to read it out of my Bible here. We, uh, we are founded on this thing called the Bible. This is great. You can even bring yours to church if you like. I have mine highlighted today. Uh, this is talks about, this is uh, uh, in Romans 13 in this different version here. It says, love fulfills the law. So we talked about this obedience stuff. So let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not uh, covet, and whatever the other commands be are all summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfillment of the law. So again, what's love got to do with it? What's love got to do with it? Psalms talks about, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. How many people in here want to have unfailing love? Unfailing love towards, towards our Father in heaven and unfailing love towards our fellow mankind. Yeah. For I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go uh, for to in, you and I entrusted my life. What's love got to do with it? Above all, Peter says, above all, love each other deeply. He must have been inspired by inspiring the Bee Gees. For how deep is your love? Love each other deeply. Not just surface love. Not just, hey, love you, man. Yeah. Not really. I don't love you if it's inconveniencing me. No, but love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins, huh? The greatest gift that we talk about, love. How about in Corinthians? We hear this all the time. It says, if I speak in tongues of men or angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. This is right at marriages. It's very ironic when you study it. Um, right? Man, what does that look like? If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, I'm super smart and I can explain everything to you and I'm captain like knowledge guy with this, but I have zero ability to deliver this with love. Have anybody ever been Bible slapped in here? Like, we're, like cause they're trying to do the right thing, but they don't know how. 
right? It's, it's the rules. It's the you're correct or not correct, all those things. But showing somebody love with the text, with your heart, with your eyes, where you're saying the words, but they can look deep into your soul and they know that you, you, they know that you care for them so deeply that you're, you're like begging on their behalf to meet their maker, to fall in love with this and with him. If I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. Nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor, and I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. So I want to know what love is. Lord, I want you to show me. Like foreigner said. That's what they were saying. They're Christians, apparently. I want to know what love is. And God's like, all right, here you go. Let me tell you. It's right here. Love is patient. We could just stop right there and, and, and slide out, kind of slinker off the stage here. How patient has your love been this season? Love is kind. Yes, that makes sense. I like that one. Love does not envy. Hey, nice gift. That's a really nice gift. I wish I got that one, right? It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Uh, help me. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never, ever fails. What kind of love never fails? The love of the Father, right? The love of the Father. And now these three uh, remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. It's the greatest gift. Let me tell you a little bit about the experience I have with love. Um, As I was thinking about this, I was like, man, what was the first thing I remember? Like, man, I really love this. I remember during Christmas in 19, I think probably 88, uh, my parents were um, uh, blue-collar workers, and I wanted this awesome skateboard. And I think in like 1988 dollars, it was probably like 140 bucks, which is probably like a four or $500 gift today maybe. And so they got me this awesome skateboard, and I remember getting it, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's the Tony Hawk. Look at this thing, and it's got OJ2 wheels there, perfect color, and it's got these red independent trucks, and oh, it's just like the best thing ever, and I was like, man, I could tell my parents love me. I remember giving them a hug, and how much, man, I I love this, and I showed it to my friends. Look how much my parents love me, and I was like skateboarding with it, and I was so excited to show off this gift of what I felt loved by and as I started thinking forward on this, I remember meeting this girl when I was 17 years old, and she was 17, and her name was Carrie Koo. And I fell into this thing called love. And I was like, this is it. This is what love is. Now I, now I understand. I never thought I'd, like, we used to, uh, oh, let's see, this, this one might not go on the line. We used to sleep together on the phone. Like I'd fall asleep on the phone with her and just be like, hey. And then you wake up, you're like, hey, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. Okay. They had this thing, like, you didn't have a cell phone. You had to be attached to this cord. It was really weird, I know. Um, but yeah, fell asleep together on the phone because we loved each other, right? Then I met the Lord in uh, 1994, and I felt a different, it was a love I hadn't felt before, like this, this different kind of love. So it was different than falling in love. It was this different love that I, this passion that I had for my, my wife, and I fell, and, and, and I understood, starting to learn more about what love was, and I was like, okay, 
I want to know what love is. And then I held my very first child, Tori. I was like, I never knew I could love something the way I love this child. This is the pinnacle. It's a father's love for his son or daughter. That kind of makes sense now. I'm going to put it all together. How much God might love you. But I remember like I was wrecked. I was like, wow. And then even a more amazing love is to stand back and watch my wife be this amazing mom. I'm like, how does she know how to do all these things? Like, what are the instincts here? Like, oh my goodness. Like, the way she was loving our children, I was like, no, that's it. Now that's the pinnacle of what love looks like. And as you think in your life about love and your kids and things that you've loved, you know, what's love got to do with it? Everything. Everything. Lamentation says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. Because of the Lord's great love for you. The greatest gift. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? No. Nothing can separate us from the love of our Father. This is, here's another thing about what is love, right? This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We're getting ready to celebrate it. We're getting ready to celebrate that he sent him for us. He sent his son for you and for me. I would not give my son up for any of you in here. I wouldn't. But he did. I don't understand that kind of love. But I'm going to accept it. I cannot think of anything more insulting than to not accept that kind of love. And somebody's willing to sacrifice everything. And that's my hope for us during this time. Is that we would understand, you know, what love has to do with it. If you're serving communion, thank you very much. Go ahead and head back there and we'll pass that out. We have communion as a family here. We hold on to it till the very end. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, this is a time we do it every week. It's a privilege to do it every week at our church because uh, we want to remember this kind of love. What does that look like? I want to read to you guys from a, a Christmas story that we're not going to read from on the 24th. Uh, we, everybody, we typically read Luke, but I want to show you another kind of love, uh, the Father's love. <clears throat> Matthew 1 through 18 through 25. So we'll hold the elements till, and we'll take them all together. I don't know if I said that. Uh, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because... Joseph, her husband, was uh, faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. It's a very brief, easy statement, but there is so much uh, uh, shame and honor in this culture. Like This was a huge, huge deal. A huge, huge deal. Not only would it shame uh, Mary, 
who went and did something, obviously, before she was married, but it would shame her family. And by Joseph not divorcing her, he brought shame upon himself. But not just shame upon himself, he brought it upon his family. What kind of kid did you raise that wouldn't follow the law and get rid of somebody that does something like that? So he said in his mind to do that. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take, uh, to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord. Uh, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he uh, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, to, and took Mary home as his wife, but did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name of Jesus. And he gave us, Father in heaven, gave us the greatest gift. So let me ask you the question one more time in a different form. What's love got to do within you? What's love got to do within you? This season, this time. That's how the Lord is transforming and molding us. Our call to, to, to be made. Come and follow me and I will make you how does he make you? Trials, tribulations. He makes you by sharing how much he loves you, showing, showing you how much he loves you. Right? So as we uh, think about this season and what makes sense to us, what's love got to do within you? What's love got to do with me? So we take this time, we, as we come to, uh, to communion, and on that night, the Lord Jesus, uh, he was betrayed. He took the bread, and when he uh, had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which, I, which is for you. Let's remember what his love had to do with us. In that same way, he took the cup. After supper, he's saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink. Let's remember his love. Father, I just thank you for this time. I hope your, your word came through clearly, Lord. I know you were having uh, just a great time all the way through your text as you showed us from Deuteronomy to... Ephesians. Lord, I just thank you for how much you've packed in here about love. I thank you. Not only did you tell us, but you showed us. Lord, you have showed me what your love has to do with it. Father, you have showed me what love looks like. I don't have to ask. I want to know what love is. you've shown me. Father, let us do a great job at showing the rest of the world 
what love really looks like. Thank you. Thank you for giving us this Christ child that we get ready to celebrate. Ultimate sign of love. I love you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.